I'm Ayala Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Learn With Less, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, educators, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this podcast series, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. The mission of Learn With Less is to provide confidence to new parents that you can support and connect with your baby or toddler without having to buy a single toy. If you'd like to learn more about learning with less or about my best-selling books, Understanding Your Baby or Understanding Your Toddler, open a new tab in your browser to my website, learnwithless.com. If you enjoy this episode, I hope you'll take just a moment of your time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows us to reach more families and professionals and share our values of community, playfulness, inclusivity, simplicity, and education when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to Ayelet. Hello to the singers. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies. Hello to the toddlers. Hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Today we've got a special guest on Learn With Less, Lena Richards, an early childhood educator and family educator. Let's welcome her to the show. Hello to Lena, hello to Lena, hello, 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 hello to all our old friends, hello to all our new friends, hello, 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 one last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here Today, I am speaking with Lena Richards. Lena is an early childhood educator and family support worker. Lena mentors caregivers serving infants and toddlers, as well as providing play experiences for children and their families who have been approved for supportive services via early steps. She is the proud mother of two twin girls and a military spouse. Lena, welcome to Learn With Less. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. Happy to meet you. Excellent. Well, I've asked you today to come onto the show to speak to us about play, one of my favorite subjects, and specifically what is a play schema. But first, we want to just hear a little bit about you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got into the work that you're doing? Well, I've had a long, very different career. I don't tend to stay places very long. So I went into the military and from there, I always kind of knew I wanted to work with children and families. So I went into nursing, but that wasn't quite my thing. So obviously I went back to teaching once I had my daughters. They were two. I stayed home with them from the time they were one years old to two years old. And then I was like, okay, time for you to go to school and me to go to school. I went back to college and pursued getting a bachelor's degree that allowed me to work in early childhood. 
Amazing. Amazing. And I'm sure that journey has had lots of different definitions and has looked many different ways as well. And it's it's great to be able to, you know, support other families as well, especially once you've become a parent yourself, because you can feel like you know how important it is and how helpful it can be. Oh, yes. My mom was an educator. So education was always a foundation for me. She always, you know, encouraged that we'd be in the libraries and we're always learning. So it was natural for me to pursue education. Yeah. Awesome. That's so great. Well, let's dig right in. Tell Mm -hmm. us a bit about why play really looks different at different developmental stages? That's like a huge question, but I would just love your take on, you know, tell us, break it down a little bit for us about, you know, obviously I think many parents and caregivers come into parenthood thinking, okay, well, play is like you play a game, you know, you run around the field and you you play that, or you read a book and you read it from front to back. And that's how we as adults conceptualize play. But obviously, That's not what it looks like to play, especially with an infant or a toddler. So tell us a little bit about what those sort of early developmental stages and and what play might look like in different ways. So when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking about as adults, we should still be playing. So I I think over the years, when I look at how I've played, it's changed. What I read, what I read has changed. When I was going to nursing school, I read murder mystery books, and you know, I focused on games that had something to do with nursing. So I, I feel like, just like with adults, children are going, their interests are going to vary as they grow and they change. So I had three, I had two different ideas in mind. You know, children are different. They're unique and they have different ways to explore, just like we have different ways to explore ourselves. So we need to honor that. Like I just said, I went from one interest to another interest in all the years that I've been alive on this earth based on what interests me in that particular moment. So I think with children, we have to follow them with what interests them in that different moment. And then when you think about um, children with developmental delays, they're going to need more time. They're going to need more support in in developing what they are enjoying. And mm-hmm. I always feel like we need to meet children where they're at. Just yeah. like we meet adults where they're at, we need to meet children where they're at. So those when we talk about the schemas of play, very important to provide them an environment that's going to be interesting and engaging to them. I frequently see questions on different sites that I'm on that say, well, you know, I I need some ideas for play for children six to 12. It's not that easy. Right. Yeah. You know, you, if it was that easy, I don't know, there'd be a book out there and, and people would be buying it. But I just, um, it's just, that I feel like you have to tailor it to meet the needs of the kids, just like anything else. We want people to tailor to our needs as well as adults. We need to do it for the children. Totally agree. And I think the the real word that stuck out to me in how you answered that question was the word exploration, right? Because that mm-hmm. that is it. That's ha- that is play, right? Especially mm-hmm. for children and certainly for adults. And I think it's such a good point that you bring up. Like we lose sight of that. We, we define like as adults, we, we think of procedural things that we have to get done. And we forget that, that exploration and just time with a, an object or, 
in a place or with a person is so valuable. And it's not about, you know, getting something done or specifically targeting a skill. Like if that happens, awesome. And it probably will. But like if you give your child, I like to have something on hand. So I'm holding up a funnel. Um, <laughs> if you hand a just a small everyday safe, obviously household object, and you see how they explore that is going to be a whole lot of learning right there. And it may not be what you came into the activity, you know, expecting, but it's certainly there are ways to, to help your child integrate learning and to do the learning of the day based on how you're talking to them, how you're playing with them, how you're exploring the object or just talking about the object or giving the space an opportunity. So I just, I love, I love everything you said about that. So let's hear a little bit about, as you mentioned, what is a play schema and really why is it useful for parents and caregivers to understand what these are? Okay, so I recently, not not even a year ago, discovered the list, and I think I had put it on your site in a response to a question someone asked from your group. And this, it comes from Britain. Everything comes good from overseas for some reason. <laughs> but anyways, there's nine schemas of play. And I didn't really know about these schemas myself working in education, but I kind of, you know, I didn't know there was a name. I knew right. that kids made certain ways and they had certain interests. So this chart has been really helpful and beneficial. And I enjoy sharing this chart and encourage you maybe to post it somewhere yourself so yes. that your members can see it. Well, so there's a link, link to it in the, in the show notes of this episode for sure. Yeah. Good. So there's nine schemas of play and I'll just briefly go over them. I'm not going to go into detail if you put that up there. So the first one, orientation, then there's positioning, connection, trajectory, which is the throwing of things and transporting, moving from one basket to another basket or as my um, friends like to say, dumping it into the toilet or dumping yeah. it into my coffee cup. <laughs> right, and then, the dumping phase, yeah. <laughs> and then there's enveloping where they're hiding underneath blankets or going in tents. I was at a visit yesterday and I had a friend that kept burrowing underneath the, the cushion of the couch. I was like, it seems like he's trying to find somewhere to hide. You know, he wants to go burrow like a little animal would. Rotation, those children that like to spin and, and, and go on the swings and stuff like that. I think on, on my group, I mentioned that I'm not a big spinner. I love roller coasters, but if you put me on a spinning ride, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. So you have those kids that enjoy spinning. And then you have the transformation, which is more like you're mixing, you're cooking and baking, those kids that like to do those things, experiment. Yesterday I had some neighbors over and we made homemade Play-Doh. So you have those kids. And then you have enclosure, which is kind of similar to that envelope where they like to go into things and maybe into boxes and make tunnels with boxes, those kinds of things explore that way. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just hearing about these different, you know, the names for these different kinds of play, it, I think it's very helpful as an adult and even just as an educator. And like you were saying, you know, it, it's just nice to hear the words for things because it gives a word to describe everything that you've seen before as an educator or a therapist. 
<laughs> and and as a parent, because that is it's so useful when you say like these are things that happen. And again, we don't necessarily see these things develop in order, but it's mm-hmm. definitely it does definitely develops over time and on some type of trajectory. Can you speak a little bit to that, Lena? Well, and we're going to bounce around in our interest. You know, just like I said earlier, I, I I haven't had the same interest in the 40 some years that I've been alive on this planet. You know, and and even as an adult, there's things in these schemas that I enjoy. Sure. So um, I would say, you know, when you're little, when you're baby, newborn, you're going to be more in, you know, just basic, you're on the floor, you're maybe getting into that rolling stage, you might be pulling that blanket over your head, you know, playing that peekaboo, those kind of things. So that's kind of like your enclosure, your enveloping, your toddlers, they're going to be into, you know, that trajectory, throwing everything, they're going to be into the transporting, the connection piece, the mix, the transformation, those are going to be your older toddlers. So I, I feel like, but like I said, you're going to vary. Maybe a month you might be in one thing. Maybe two months you might be in another. It could be a year you might be in something. So it just, you kind of, what I like to tell the parents that I've talked to is you have to be a detective. Just sit back, watch them, watch how they're playing just with anything in the home or you can set up something, put out some kitchen gadgets and see how they explore with them and just sit back and watch them take some notes and, you know, set just set up that play experience that it's a yes play experience that you're not going to have to tell them no, just sit and watch them and see what they do with the materials. You yeah. don't always have to be in there, oh, you got to do it this way. You got to do it that way. Just watch them, you know, see what interests them. Take notes. If they like to throw things, you know, offer some things that they can throw instead of always saying, no, 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 you can't throw this. You can't throw that. You know, give them some socks to throw, give them some cotton balls or give them, you know, something that they can do so that you can encourage that type of play. Yes, because it is play and it is learning and it's all valuable. And and I think it's so helpful to hear that this is something that it's not just your kid who's throwing things. It's not just your kid who's dumping things into the toilet or dumping all of the books off of the shelf. Like number one, that's early literacy. And number two, like it's how they are learning about, like they are these tiny scientists and they are learning about how heavy something is and how much force it takes to move one thing to another place. And all of those things, that's learning, right? It's not holding up a, holding up a flashcard and saying, what's this? It's figuring it out. It's tactile education. It's it's all of those things. And I want to hear a few of your great tips to help parents to figure out how they can get started or reframe their thinking into doing those kinds of things in just a second. But first, we're going to take a brief break and hear a word from our sponsors. And then we'll hear some of those great tips and resources uh, from Lena about what you can do to support your child's learning through play. As a parent or caregiver of an infant or toddler, you want to make sure you are doing it right. But everywhere you look, there's another learning toy or a fancy subscription box that you don't have room for and that your child seems to lose interest in all too quickly. You want to support your infant or toddler's development, but you struggle finding the right toys or enough time and energy to do it. You just want the map 
to get through these first few years and find more joy in the journey as well. If any of this rings true for you, you're in the right place. Right now, I'm giving away my free Infant Toddler Development Blueprint, a straightforward guide that will help you discover the four major areas of development in the first three years of life and what's involved in each of those areas. Find out what you can do to support development using what you already have in your home. Learn how to follow my four-pillar framework to maximize the time you're already spending with your tiny human and much, much more. If you're ready to boost your infant or toddler's learning, stop feeling like you're winging it all the time and simplify your life, head to learnwithless.com blueprint and download my free infant toddler development blueprint today. Okay, Lena, we would love to hear if you have, you know, three top tips or just any of your favorite tips for for helping parents to do what it is you just explained and we just talked about, about, you know, sitting back and exploring and letting them play. What does that look like? What, What are some things that parents can do to sort of support that reframe for themselves and feel confident that they're doing enough and doing it right? Right. I think the main thing for us is like you said, our society is so rush, rush and in and, and the developmental milestones, they they become overwhelming to caregivers. Yeah. You know, you want your child to be meeting these milestones. But I think the thing about milestones is they're just guidelines. Don't put so much pressure on the guideline. I firmly believe that children bloom when they're ready. I work with children with developmental delays and they're just so awesome. You know, they have gifts that other children might not necessarily have. All our kids have gifts. So we need to take the time and relax and, and, and study them and watch, watch, just watch them and, and see what their interests are and not worry so much about, oh, they didn't do X, Y, and Z in the physical domain or the motor domain or the whatever else. You know, your child probably has strengths in other areas. Maybe they're just really loving and kind and they, they got those social emotional skills down. So I just, I feel like we just need to breathe and watch them and let them develop in who they are. Just like I would want someone that I work with to let me develop and, and, um, not rush me along and realize that, you know, I have strengths and commend me for those strengths, specifically praise me for those strengths and meet me where I'm at when I don't, you know, give me those baby steps. I know with our age range that zero to three, it's not always easy to come in and, and um, I guess, give them the opportunity to use their voice but and even if they're nonverbal, they have a way to communicate they can mm-hmm. you know point to this or point to that so respecting their voice even if they don't have a voice yes you know? right however they're using their their own modes of communication where whether mm-hmm. it's looking at something or moving towards something if they're not even at that pointing phase yet right mm-hmm. yeah I love that and I love Lena how you bring it back to like what would I want <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's it's so obvious when you think about it that way and I think as a society, we don't often regard young children in that same way. So thank you for that. I think it's so important. And I think it's so important for parents to to hear that and to remember and recognize that, especially because we live in such a fast-paced society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other jewels of wisdom do you have to offer for us? 
Well, the main thing for me um, is setting up a yes environment. So often parents say no, 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 no. Yeah. So we have to create the environment that is, a, is tolerable for us and acceptable. Some kids like to jump. They want to you know, have that risky play opportunity and that's perfectly normal. They need to have that experience. When I had a home daycare I and it was raining outside and we couldn't go outside because it was too hard of a rainfall, I would take the couch cushions out and I would just put music on and they would just run all about the house and they would be able to jump on and off the couch cushions because they need to have those opportunities to use all their muscles throughout the day. So decreasing the amount of time we say no and allowing them to have risky play, giving them the opportunities, like you said, to explore how they see fit and not stepping in all the time to take over their play. Mm -hmm. That's something that I hear again and again from parents that it's really hard to do. And also on the other side from educators and therapists like myself who want tools to help parents do that. Do you, we didn't talk about this, but do you have any, you know, little bits of wisdom in your, from your own experience about ways to help parents to step back? And like, what have you, like, what are some things that you like to say to parents to help them see that that's valuable? I just say be a detective. Yeah. I love all the concepts of being a detective. It's so relatable. You know, a detective sits back and, um, and observes. I personally, myself, I'm an observer. Yeah. I don't jump right in and take over a situation. I'm going to watch and I'm going to see what's going on before I offer an opinion. So, yeah. And, and narrating, we have to do a lot of narrating with our young ones. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't always have to control the conversation. And especially when they're zero to three, they're not doing a lot of talking anyway. So just being, I call it being the sports announcer. You know, yeah. constantly doing a play-by-play -play of, oh, I see you doing this and I see you doing that. Oh, and, and giving that specific praise. I really like the way that you did this. Yeah. You know, that was really smart. I would have never thought of that. You know, being okay with the fact that they don't have to do it your way as long as it gets done. This is not math and the math that they have nowadays where you have to do it X, Y, and Z way. Why does it matter? As long as it gets done, it gets solved. You know, that was great that you came up with that way. I would have never thought of that way. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's, that's the thing about working with kids that excites me. They come up with things that we might not have ever thought of. Exactly. I, I truly believe we can learn from anybody. I totally agree. And I, <laughs> it makes me want to invite you into my home and play with, with you <laughs> and with my kids to hear you. <laughs> it's so sweet. I love it. And then Lena, will you tell us a little bit more about some of your favorite resources to share with families for supporting a young child's learning through play. You mentioned, of course, and uh, again, we will link to that handout that was created that is a really nice just summation of those seven schemas of play and stages. But what are some other things that you have found useful to share with families or even for your own edification? Well, I really enjoy following those researchers that are interested in brain science. Um, mm -hmm. It's totally fascinating to learn about, you know, there are reasons why 
everybody does what they do, but now they're really getting into, you know, children and exploring, getting those, you know, why kids are having lagging skills or why they're doing so well in this area, those kinds of things. Brain research really fascinates me. Loose parts. I love loose parts. Like you said earlier, we don't have to have fancy gadgets. Most of the time I take out recyclables. You know, going for a walk in nature, you know, finding loose parts out in nature is the best way. You know, you get that fresh air, you get that opportunity to escape the busyness of the day, especially if you're going to a park. You get that time to just breathe and relax and have that meditation, which is so important for us because we're rushing, you know, as, as caregivers. We have maybe the responsibility of work, full-time motherhood. Those things are not easy. So we need to, you know, I follow groups like that that I share with people in my group so that they realize that, you know, that it's important to take time for you in, in order to be the best caregiver for your children. Absolutely. You mentioned um, following brain science researchers. Do you have any favorites? Dr. Tina Payne Bryson. Mm -hmm. I love Dr. Ross Green for older children and well, school age, but all of his techniques you can still use with the primary, the plan A, plan B, plan C. I mean, just involving kids and having their voice heard. When you get buy-in from a kid, they're going to do it more likely than if you're sitting there commanding them all the time. And, you know, (laughs) said anyone with a toddler, right? And you have a beautiful Facebook group. Can you tell us where people can find that? Yes. I decided to create Mudbug's Early Learning Resource because eventually I want to turn it into a school in my backyard. That's what my plans are, hopefully, <laughs> one day. But because I have Mudbugs in my backyard. So they're pretty cool. They're interesting. Anyways, I decided to do it because I see a lot of good groups, but sometimes groups just talk about one concept. Sure. And I, I wanted to make sure that you know, parents understand that you have to heal yourself. And sometimes you have to look and reflect on yourself. What am I doing wrong? Because um, we as adults, we do stuff wrong. And that, and it's okay that we do stuff wrong, human beings. So I just want them to realize that, you know, as parents, we have to sit back and reflect, how can I change my own actions, my own responses? Was I hungry? Was I sleepy? Was I this or that? Maybe I needed a break away from the kids for a minute. So I I include that part in there. And then I also, because I love play so much, I include, you know, play in there and basic child development. I just pull resources from everywhere. You had asked me my favorite researchers. I really, I mean, those two are one of my favorites, but I just love researching in general. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm the same as you might have guessed. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Lena, thank you so, so much for your time and energy today. For everyone listening from home or on the go, thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, Ayalit. Goodbye to Lena. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thank you so much, everyone. 
The Learn With Less podcast brings you information, tips, and resources about all things early parenthood and early childhood. If you want to experience this in community, in person, or virtually live, please go ahead and check out our classes, learnwithless.com slash classes led by myself or one of our amazing licensed Learn With Less facilitators. If you haven't yet done so, please leave a review of the Learn With Less podcast on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast player. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. And after you've done that, go ahead and share Learn With Less with a friend or colleague. See you next time.